the Sarah Carter Show, uh, where you will get the latest and the greatest on what's happening all across our country and here in Washington, D.C. Remember, you can follow me and read my stories at sarahacarter.com. That's sarahacarter.com. Don't forget the A or you'll end up on another page altogether, and I'm not responsible for that. Um, I'm also a member and a fellow with the Independent Women's Forum, and tonight... We are going to have, it's uh, Wednesday night, we are going to have a big celebration here in Washington, D.C. It's a gala in honor of some of the most important people that have affected our lives over the last year, and particularly women who have made an extraordinary difference. Uh, today on the show, we're going to have Christy Swanson. She's amazing. I think you. she is best known to many of you. Uh, for her portrayal of Buffy uh, the Vampire Slayer. Remember Buffy Summers in the 1992 cult film Buffy the Vampire Slayer? And Swanson uh, began her career appearing in movies like Pretty in Pink, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. She's done a ton of theater. She is a well-known actress from Hollywood and somebody who doesn't mind standing up for what she believes in and really holding uh, people accountable in her field, which is let's be honest, really unheard of, because we know in Hollywood what happens when people stand up to the system. It's very, very difficult for a lot of actors to speak out openly about how they either feel politically or culturally or morally about issues, um, particularly when Hollywood has moved so far to the left, so openly far to the left, uh, that we've seen uh, a growth in socialism uh, communist ideals coming out of uh, beautiful Hollywood, California, like we've never seen before. So Christy will be honored tonight by the Independent Women's Forum. She is going to receive the Resilience Award, which is incredible because she has been absolutely resilient in her in her battle uh, and in her basically in 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 the last year really speaking out uh, against what's happening in Hollywood and opening up the doors so that other actors can feel free to come forward to talk about their political views without having to feel like they will be shunned or pushed away uh, for their political beefs, beliefs or, or their cultural stands on certain issues. And I'm going to bring her in a little bit. First, I want to talk a little bit about what Christy did over the last year. Her and Dean Kane. Oh, such a wonderful human being as well. Worked so diligently. They put together a show called FBI Lovebirds. And I hope you all remember this. But FBI Lovebirds was basically the rendition of Peter Strzok. Remember, former special agent Peter Strzok and his lovely paramour, Lisa Page, who was an FBI attorney. It was basically their text messages back and forth and their testimony. And it was based exactly on their own writing. So basically what they did was they they structured this theatrical performance based on the evidence that was collected by both Congress, uh, reporters and others that was able to basically portray what was going on at the time, at the time of the investigation into President Donald Trump and the now debunked narrative that came out of the FBI and out of the intelligence community that Donald Trump was colluding with Russia. This was what was happening behind the scenes. Now, a lot of Americans really didn't know. It was such a complicated story, and it still is. And remember, there is still an ongoing investigation 
into the basically the beginnings of the probe of the FBI. That investigation is being conducted by Attorney General William Barr, as well as and led actually by Connecticut Attorney John Durham right now, who is investigating what happened and all the malfeasance that we believed happened within the FBI, as well as the intelligence community. Those reports, those investigations are obviously ongoing. We probably won't hear anything coming out of Durham's office until next year. But for the American public, understanding what happened is very difficult. But when you put it on a stage, and I was so grateful to be able to see this play here in Washington, D.C. on opening night with my husband, by the way, who you all know if you've listened to me before is blind, so he couldn't see the actors on stage. He was just basically listening to their words, listening to their rendition, listening to what was going on between Peter Strzok and Lisa Page during that time. And he got it. I mean, I'm going to play a clip for you. David, could we play a clip? Mrs. Clinton's chance of losing is about the same as the probability that an NFL kicker misses a 38-yard field goal. Trump won North Carolina. (laughs) CNN projecting Florida for Trump. Damn. And there it is. (laughs) O-M-G. I am so depressed. Honestly, I don't know if I can eat. (laughs) I am very nauseous. I'm extremely depressed. Talk to you later. God, I'm really effing depressed. Verbatim. That's what it was. These are the text messages verbatim. Think about this. That's the lead investigator. Dean Kane right there was reading off the text messages that Peter Strzok was sending to Lisa Page, who was played by none other than Christy Swanson. This is how depressed they were that President Trump actually won the election, that he was a duly elected president. These are armed federal law enforcement officers. Think about that. What would you think if you were reading this and it was another country? If you were reading this and this happened in England, for example, or in Pakistan or in Russia or anywhere else in the world, you know what you would be thinking? Wow, they were attempting a coup on the next leader of the country. That's exactly what you would be thinking. But what makes this so incredible is just I want to take you back to 2016 because we know we have another presidential election in 2020 coming up. Let's go back to 2016. Think about how depressed Hollywood was, because that's where I want to focus right now, is how the mainstream media and the Hollywood elites basically view their role in the American political system how they believe that they are the purveyors of truth, that they need to guide you and teach you and tell you who to vote for and who to like and what they think is much more important than what you think. This is just insanity. So I'm going to play Colbert for you right now, right after and is just before they called the election. Let's play that. I don't think I could sit down right now. Uh, We still don't know, right? And we don't have any idea when it's going to be called. Okay, is there any uh, polls? I mean, is it literally going to come down like Alaska and Hawaii and, and stuff like that? 
because we never wait for those people. <laughs> we don't know. We love them, but you know, they're too far those out people. west. Now, um, I think we can agree that this has been an absolutely exhausting, bruising election yeah. for everyone. That's right. And it has come to an ending that I did not imagine. We all mm -hmm. now feel the way Rudy Giuliani looks. Uh, what? First of all, Rudy Giuliani, you're fine. <laughs> Don't need to worry about your looks. Secondly, those people, an election that he could not imagine would have ended this way. I mean, literally, Hollywood was in tears. And in fact, a lot of people in the mainstream media were in tears. I remember because I was in New York when the election was called. I was actually at the Hilton at the Trump victory party watching a number of journalists behind me crying literally crying when the president won. This is how serious this is. Now, think about this. This is just right after the election. Why don't we play Madonna? Yes, I'm angry. Yes, I am outraged. Yes, I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. But I know that this won't change anything. What? I mean, literally, she should have been handcuffed right there. And then she should have been questioned because she has thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. What's interesting is she didn't use her normal British accent, which she likes to use to make herself seem more important. Uh, we all know it's fake. She didn't care. She used it anyways, and she would use it whenever she wants. But when she came back to the United States, of course, to make this big speech here in Washington, D.C., and stand out there with all of her pink supporters who were so angry that President Trump actually won the election, she went back to her roots and just used her regular old American accent with the hope of riling people up. She talks about blowing up the White House. I mean, this is insane. Let's let's just go a little bit further. Let's play Johnny Depp and what he wanted to do. When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? <laughs> I want to clarify, I'm not an actor. <laughs> I lie for a living. However, it's been a while, and maybe it's time. Wow, when was the last time an actor assassinated a president? Think about it. This is just crazy, and I am so happy that I have Christy in studio with me now to talk about all of this and to give me her take on what's happening in in Hollywood and across the country. I mean, this is this is a huge issue. This is the reason why Christy is being honored tonight. I'm so excited for you to take the time to come in here and I'll be with you tonight, cheering you on, sitting at the table with you. Um, I'm so excited. I know, yeah. me too. I'm so happy to have you. First of all, what goes through your mind when you hear all of these actors making these very volatile, actually really incendiary statements about the president of the United States. It's mind boggling to me. I just don't understand why anyone would talk that way. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know what, I don't know if they just think there's so much above everybody else or they're just out of their minds, but like who talks like that? That's crazy. 
It's completely crazy. But it hasn't stopped, has it? I mean, we hear it from everyone from Robert De Niro. I don't even know if we even played the Robert De Niro clip, David. Can we play that really quick? Because I want you to hear this, Christy, and then Mm -hmm. tell me your thoughts on it. I am completely... I have no idea why they follow him because he's not even a good gangster. He's, um, he can't even keep his word about anything. He's, uh, I think in the real gangster world, he wouldn't last long. Yeah. He lasts long in his own little real estate world where he's the boss because he's the boss and he inherited all that money and he's a, he's a fool. But uh, in, in the real world, uh, he, he, um, he, he wouldn't last long. I, that's my feeling. He's talking about President Trump, obviously. Yeah, but it sounds like he's projecting. Like, he's not living in the real world. Like, he's in a movie. When he's saying all this, <laughs> do you know what he's I mean? He's very like, gangster. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. It's, it is really okay, strange. Okay, so you played a role, walk away. That's right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, oh, I don't yeah, know. Oh, yeah, I get it's it. Crazy. No, I get it. One of the things I wanted to talk to you about was the work you and Dean Kane did in FBI Lovebirds. Mm-hmm. It's such a great show because, like you've said to me before, and you were whispering, like, verbatim. <laughs> That's what she was doing while I was talking to you earlier about the script, because the script really is verbatim. Mm-hmm. How did that change? I mean, what were your perceptions after you rehearsed the show, you learned the show? What did you think? When we performed it and when the audience's it? reaction was amazing. I it, I was not expecting, uh, you know, I, I expected some chuckles here and there because there are few funny lines. I mean, it, you know, there's no doubt about that because they're they're so arrogant, Peter and Lisa. They're so beyond arrogant. And when you bring their text messages together and their arrogance, it's a natural comedy. Do you know what I mean? It's just funny. It's crazy. Do you see that kind of arrogance in Hollywood, too? That same kind of arrogance we hear between Lisa mm-hmm. Page and Peter Strzok, you know, who are obviously still in trouble right now, still being investigated right now. Is it that same kind of arrogance that... Yeah, I do see that. Absolutely. And when it comes to the play, you know, I mean, I just... What was so great about it was just people were stomping their feet. They were clapping just at certain things that were said that they they could relate to, that they understood, that they knew had gone on. You know what I mean? It was just like everybody... Everybody's just sort of relieved to hear it all. And it and it's it's condensed in such a way, you know, it's just an hour and 15 minutes. It's not like some big, long thing. You know what I mean? So if you ever want to hear what was said verbatim, it's a good way to hear it without having to read the transcripts and everything. You know what I mean? It's 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 definitely um, eye opening. I mean, you were there. So, you oh, know, yeah, it was I got to tell you, it was it's just absolutely incredible. And I know people can view it on YouTube. Right. Mm-hmm. So you can everybody across the country, please go and view the play FBI Lovebirds. If you haven't seen it already, it's incredible. And it'll give you such an understanding of what actually happened mm-hmm. between these two FBI special agents, you know, this FBI attorney and her lover at the time and how they really felt. And remember, as you're watching this, that Peter Strzok was charged with this Russia investigation into President Trump. Mm-hmm. Think about if somebody was investigating you that hated you that much, mm-hmm. what they would do or what they could do to possibly, you know, target you or have the power to change things, even in the investigation, which is what is being investigated now. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think this type of arrogance just turns off the rest of the country because 
Middle America, the South, you know, the not the two coasts, West Coast, East Coast, we know is very liberal. We understand that there are still people that are conservatives mm-hmm. on these coasts that have to deal with it. But overall, they're very liberal. That middle America is somehow neglected or that there's or they because they think, are. Yeah. I mean, most conservatives don't think sabotage. You know, they don't wake up in the morning and think sabotage. Let's be reckless. Let's you know what I mean? And that's Peter Strzok, you know, just so reckless. So reckless. And do yeah. you think that the attitude that what I was saying before, just thinking about it in general, that that people in Hollywood and maybe you can express to me to you how you feel about it, that because they've become so maybe elitist in the way that they think that they've forgotten like their base, the people that actually pay to go see their movies and want right. to go into this make believe world or mm-hmm. see these films to escape reality that they forget that when they cross that line, it kind of ruins it for everyone. It does. I mean, you cross the line when you're on the stage at, uh, you know, the Golden Globes or the red carpet and you're talking politics. I think that there there should be a place, time and a place for that. I think it's OK for actors to have their opinions, you know, whether it's on the left or the right. I think that that that's totally fine. I just don't think it belongs in front of their audience, like you're saying, you know, at an award show or at the red carpet where it affects their fans who have watched them and loved them for so many years. You're it's it's you're, you're trying to thump your ideas in on their head when they just want to see you win an award for a performance that you did. You right. know what I mean? It's that simple. Well, it's like when I go to see a movie, if I if I see something with Robert De Niro now. All I see is what he's saying about the president, right? I'm thinking like, I used to watch Robert De Niro and it would be the character Mm -hmm. or the actor and what a great actor he is and look Mm -hmm. at this or this scene or another scene. But now it's kind of like, I don't even want to watch his films. You know, I mean, I don't see the... This, the character anymore or the actor. I see the political the actor. Yeah. yeah, it's just it's just nastiness. It's, and nobody wants to see that. No, you know? no. And, <laughs> I, and that's why I wonder, when you talk about resilience, when, when I think of the Independent Women's Forum giving you the Resilience Award, this mm-hmm. Resiliency Award, what does that mean to you? I mean, how do you see yourself as resilient in Hollywood? Because I think a lot of people do, and I've seen the comments Mm -hmm. like on your Twitter feed, like, Christy, you're awesome. How do you do it? Mm -hmm. How do you handle? I mean, has it been difficult journey for you in Hollywood or is it something that you're not? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I I, I never, uh, you know, I'm not a victim of anything. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, Hollywood has always been uh, left leaning and I've always been in Hollywood. I mean, it's 40 years now that I've been in the business and uh and I always knew that I had, you know, different ideas or thoughts or opinions than the majority of Hollywood. And but I was always just fine with that. But if I ever, you know, when I was younger, I voiced my opinion. I, I learned very quickly to sort of like keep quiet because, you know, the 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 cat claws would come out, you know, and I'd get hissed at. Um, but it's gotten worse, definitely. But I, I don't know. I, I mean, when I heard I was getting this resilience award, I was shocked, you know, I was um, I was very pleased and surprised and and uh, and I actually cried uh, when I got the letter. I, I was just like, oh, my gosh, they 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 see it, 
you know, they see this thing that I guess I've dealt with, but I just, you know, I just deal with it. It's to me, it's not been that big of a deal, but I guess it is, you know, because I do have feelings about it. And, um, you know, I'm just I'm very touched by it. And and uh, and I just want I think what I want is is for Hollywood to just come (laughs) just to be tolerant of each other. We all have different ideas and opinions and and. And, you know, we've got so many people that are conservative in Hollywood and they're just so afraid to come out and 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 just be themselves. And I just want everybody to just be themselves and, and have that be OK. And let's respect one another. You know, you're very humble about this, but there there are a lot of conservatives in Hollywood. You're right. Mm-hmm. But so many of them are afraid to speak out. Just like you said, you haven't been afraid to speak out. And I think that's the reason. In fact, I know that's the reason why this resilience award is a big, a big reason why you're getting this resilience award, because they people recognize that when someone's willing to take those risks, step out in front, be a leader Mm -hmm. for others. Right. Mm -hmm. So have you noticed more actors willing to come forward, willing to speak out? I know Kanye. Yeah, right. It's a I've big one right now. Over the last couple of years, the last three years, I've I've seen more and more and more people in in sports industry and in music and film, television, music. I've definitely seen um, more people come out. Definitely, you know. And and I know that I've seen your tweets out there saying, you know, it's okay. <laughs> you know, we can all talk, and mm-hmm. we used to be able to. As I mean, I I let's go back. You know, even in the 90s and the 80s, mm-hmm. you know, families could sit together at a dinner table. Yeah. And whether you were Democrat or Republican, you might have a little bit of an argument, but it was fine. Yeah. Everybody was respectful because it's one country, right? It's just two different policies and people would find their way around those policies and they would fall either as Democrats or Republicans. But there wasn't this sense of hatred no. that we're seeing now. No. And the left, they, they view uh, conservatives. It's like. To be a conservative is like the end of the world. You know what I mean? It's like it's, they, they just lose their minds over it. And it's like, you know, I don't know. I just I don't understand because I, I've, I've always been so respectful of all my friends that were were left leaning. And and, you know, I just I, I don't I don't like to argue about things. I like to, you know, hear their ideas and I'd like them to hear my ideas and just, you know, uh, <laughs> we all have conversation. Li- yeah, we all live here together. Let's, you know, let's love one another. Did you ever lose friends because of this? Have you? Yeah, it, um, I have. I mean, my uncle and I, are, we don't visit as much anymore or talk anymore. Um, a lot of his Facebook friends, because he's part of the re- resistance team, right? So um, all his Facebook friends were attacking me and... Uh, and he didn't stand up for me and he's my uncle and I've known him my whole life. And so it was really hurtful that he didn't, you know, just have my back as a family member. I would have his, you know, right. so that was weird. And another girlfriend of mine, like, yeah, we don't hang out as much, any, you know, but not all of my left leaning friends are that way. But some of them have turned away. Definitely. I've definitely sensed that, too. You know, I've had friends both sides of the aisle. I still do. And Mm -hmm. it's the same thing, you know, where sometimes you feel like you can't communicate with your friends anymore because it's either they don't want to they don't want to talk to you anymore because they 
have a political viewpoint that is completely diametrically opposed. But before, it would seem like those viewpoints, you could throw them out on a table and just kind of laugh about it, talk yeah. about it, and then move on. Mm-hmm. You know, now that you see this, you've come to Washington, you've been in Hollywood. I mean, is there something that if you could give a message to your Hollywood counterparts and say, look, you know, this is the reason why we should be able to, like you said, get along. This is the reason why we should be able to discuss our political viewpoints without having this fear. Mm -hmm. I mean, does it come from what would you say to them first and Who's really in control? I mean, people have said, you know, even John Voight and others, that you lose jobs, that mm-hmm. you don't get hired, mm-hmm. you know, that they just ostracize you based mm-hmm. on what you believe politically. So who's in charge of that and how can that ever change? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. And and it's also almost impossible to prove, you know. I mean, I, I do one to three movies a year. And I do a lot of independence. I've done a lot of Hallmark and, and Lifetime since, you know, I'm at the age that I'm at now. I play the mom in a lot of movies and <laughs> stuff. But I cannot prove that I wasn't considered for this job or that job necessarily because, you know, an acting career is like a roller coaster. You know, you, you have your ups and your downs and you have your, you know, your lag time and then you, you, you get a little popular again and then it goes down again. It, it's always, you know always changing and evolving and moving. And so I feel like I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be right now. It doesn't matter if I didn't get this series or that series or I'm not considered for it or or whatever. I'm a mom and that's what comes first is my son and my marriage and uh, and being myself. That's, you know, I just have to be me. And and that's what's important to me right now. And if I get hired to do a movie or, or a series or a job, then then great, I'll go do it. I love, you know, I love acting. I've been doing it my whole life. But uh, it, it doesn't define me. That's just so great. And you guys, Christy has led an amazing life. I mean, you really have. I, I don't know if you want to talk about it a little bit, but when did you go to Hollywood? I mean, tell Tell them uh, how young you were. I mean. Oh, I was nine years old when I started in the business. Yeah. And uh and that that was 40 years ago, like right now. And um, and I I started doing commercials and I started, you know, getting jobs in uh, TV and movies. And, you know, it just kind of just kept going. And, I, you know, I'm really, really, really grateful that I'm still here today and I'm still working. And I, you know, I make a living at it and I have fun and I have great friends and, you know, all that it stuff. It's very cool. I mean, I was I was going to ask you about your thoughts about Kanye because Kanye has just really come out like in a totally different direction than what I guess everybody thought mm-hmm. he would before. I mean, from from being, you know, America's like lead rapper. And, you know, I, right. I mean, the, here's a guy that's now coming out and talking about his Christianity, mm-hmm. uh, about his love for Christ. Um, and more importantly, I think what they're more worried about on the left is his, is his support of President his influence, Trump. Yeah. yeah, and his influence. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, they have to be respectful to how he feels and how he thinks and what he wants to do and, and uh, just let Kanye be Kanye. I like that. Uh, what's that for you? What 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 are you planning in the next year? Is there something special you're working on? Is there 
a film that's coming up? Anything that you're doing in particular? Well, I just did a film in Michigan, so that'll be coming out uh, next year. And uh, I'm going to be celebrating my 50th birthday in December. Yay! Yes, so I'm going to go to Hawaii. (laughs) Oh, that's nice. I've always wanted to take my son to Hawaii because I I would go there every summer when I was growing up. That was sort of our family getaway. And I've always wanted to take him there, so I'm going to take him for my Hawaii Five-O, I call it. (laughs) That is awesome. And, uh, yeah, so we're going to do that. And... um, and, you know, I'll just keep busy. I, I know I have some projects coming up, but uh, not until next year. Well, that's so exciting. I can't even tell you how much I appreciate you being here today. And I don't know if there's a message or something you'd like to send to the American public. Feel free to say it now. Oh, don't I put know. me on the spot or anything. Oh, <laughs> no, I'm not putting you on the spot. But I know I know there are a lot of women that feel the same way you do and the same way I do. And, I mean... Maybe, you know, being out there in the spotlight. I mean, I know you're humble about it, but you you give a lot of strength. And I, and I, I, I definitely well, want you to give a shout out to humble. Humble is it. the key word. You know, you got to be humble and don't attack. That's the problem is these people on the left. They're just attack, attack, attack. I've seen people on the right do it, too. But I think that everyone should just chillax, you know, <laughs> and don't attack people. And let's just listen to each other. That's what makes our country so great is that we mm-hmm. can all have different opinions and we don't have to worry about being hauled off to prison for having those opinions. Right. Like mm-hmm. people in Hong Kong now or in other parts of the world where they're facing tyrannical governments that just right. don't allow them to speak. I mean, I think that's Christie's right. That's what we need to celebrate. Mm-hmm. We need to celebrate those things that make us that unify us, that make us love our nation. And let's not be. Let's not be ashamed to love our country mm-hmm. and to love the process of the presidency. Like we we don't kill each other in the streets when people get elected in other countries. Think about what happens. I mean, mm-hmm. there's literally upheavals. There's wars. There's civil unrest in our nation. We have an election every four years. We pick who we think is best based on that. Mm-hmm. That transition is smooth. Mm-hmm. And that's what we should be celebrating. You know, we can have our opinions and our differences. We don't really need to do what we're doing to each other right now. No. And and the the anger that they're living with, you know, on a daily basis, on an hourly basis over this president is is crazy. You it's know? enough I, to make them sick. I'm sure they're they're they actually age and their stress is about to kill them. Oh, yeah. All these actors are not are, healthy. <laughs> they're like obsessed with them. Yeah. You know, I always thought this before I let you go. I always thought like. There's so many actors that are like, oh, this person's crazy. They're so obsessed with me. They write me every single day or they send me these weird pictures or they're following me around. And, you know, guys, some of you are actually doing that to the president. Mm-hmm. Just let it go. Yeah. Let it go. You, he's not going to be being a stalker. Stop being a stalker. <laughs> That's going to be the podcast headline. Stop being a stalker. And by the way. Throw out a shout out to our good friend, Sean Spicer. Oh, yes. I love Sean Spicer. I'm so proud of him. He was great. Oh, my gosh. Boy, he had to put up with a lot. He did have to put up with a lot. And he had to do something physically that is not easy to do. I mean, just to do that show is stressful enough, but also to have to learn it. 
you know, like he had to learn it because he said he didn't know anything, right? Yeah, so, he's never been a dancer. Yeah. He apparently. He's... I mean, oh, hats off to him. I'm so proud of him. Yeah, it was amazing. And that I think that just his fortitude and his, like, great attitude towards yes. it, not letting anyone take him, bring him down and Have standing Have a sense up. of humor yeah. about himself. And, Laugh yeah. about yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think a lot of people really saw it and liked him for that. I yeah. mean, and I think that changed things, at least for a while. Mm-hmm. So good job, Sean. You made it. Yay. (laughs) Standing round of applause. Well, thank you, Christy. And I'm going to be wrapping up this podcast. I want to tell you how grateful I am to have you with me every week listening to the show, coming on SarahACarter.com to read the stories, how important that is to us. And to remember that, you know, we're going to have fun here. We're going to talk about subjects that are not always so heavy What's important is that as Americans, we find a way to connect with one another, that we find a way to reach out to one another. And I don't know if you're a conservative, go out there and help a Democrat somehow. Maybe show them some love and uh, maybe they'll show some back to you. I don't know. I don't know. Right now, there's a lot of stuff happening in this country. But the, the small things that we could do, little things like just maybe sending a friend you haven't talked to in a long time, a hello or a text message or saying, you know, I know you don't agree with me, but I love you anyways. Maybe we can break down some of those barriers because the one thing we are is Americans. Let's not forget that. We're not a divided country. We're good people. Uh, and I think that things are going to change and they're going to they're going to change for the better. OK, they will change for the better. Remember, follow me at SarahCarter.com. Thank you for joining the Sarah Carter Podcast. I will be back next week with more. I look forward to having you with me and listening to me. And remember, follow me on Twitter at Sarah Carter DC and send me your thoughts. Let me know what you're thinking. And I will be sure to post those on my website.